Before we get with our regularly scheduled podcast, I just wanted to thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Sunrise Life podcast. I am so grateful every time somebody comments or sends me a DM saying that they love the show. If you would like to help other people find out about the Sunrise Life podcast, it would be immensely helpful if you could subscribe on whatever platform that you regularly listen to Sunrise Life on. And if you could leave a rating, that would make me smile so hard. (laughs) Um, Thanks for listening. And here's back to your regularly scheduled show. Welcome to Sunrise Life, the podcast where we have deep conversations with freelance models. Today, I have Taylor, another Seattle model, on the line with me. Say hello. Hi, everyone. I'm super stoked that you had the time to do this podcast episode with me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, totally. So let's uh, just dive right into it. I'd like to know how you first got into freelance modeling and how your career has progressed until it's led you to where you are today. Yeah, so I've always had a passion for modeling since I was, like, really young. Everyone would always say, like, a model, just because I'm, like, slamming. Just kind of have that look like models typically have. I mean, now we're a lot more inclusive with different body types and things like that, but always... It always interested me and I never like pursued it really. I was just like, yeah, I can't do that. My self-confidence is really low. I'm like, I can't do that. And then I decided to do some modeling in the Midwest before I left. So I lived in Minnesota for 20 plus years and I kind of did some modeling there. Not really. The network's really small there. Um, There's that too many opportunities and then COVID hit because that was like right before COVID and my mental health declined quite a bit and I was in graduate school at the time so I didn't really have time for modeling and then I moved out to the Pacific Northwest so the Seattle area and I needed to find something that helped me have a creative outlook and modeling kind of just like found me I I started doing photo shoots like time for print photo shoots in the Seattle area and I fell in love with it and yeah it just has given me the confidence that I have today it's really helped me mentally and now this year it's so weird to me but I'll be traveling with modeling so I'll be traveling all over the U.S. and doing kind of some different photo shoots around not only in the U.S. but I'd like to get to Europe that's like my big end goal awesome Um, yeah but I think the biggest thing that led me to where I am now in my modeling career was getting fired from my full-time job back in October and that was the only thing holding me back from doing modeling full-time was that job I was a full-time athletic trainer I loved working with the athletes that I worked with and I ended up getting fired because of my modeling pictures my pictures on social media so I took that and that challenging situation and really found the positives in it and I'm so excited to travel this upcoming year 
and focus on modeling because I know that's a really big passion of mine. Damn, they fired you because of your modeling pictures? Yep, yep. They told me, well, they told me pictures on several social media posts. They never concluded. They never told me what it was. They didn't tell me what posts they were, but they knew I did modeling work. Like I had done modeling work for a year already in that career. And yeah, someone just wanted to complain about my posts on social media, I guess, then fired me. That sucks. I feel like that has to be discrimination on some kind of a level. That's what I've been trying to figure out, like how how it's discriminatory because like it's 2023. Well, now 2024. But when I got fired 2023 and you're still going to fire people over what they post on social media, it's not like I'm out here, you know, I don't know. Like I had a coworker who was a male earlier in 2023 that was put on paid leave for two months and he was accused of touching female athletes and I get fired within four hours. What? Social media. Yeah. What? So wild to me. Like this person gets paid and I don't know. It's my God. It makes me so mad. I can't believe that. So they're basically saying that it's worse that you had sexy pictures on the internet than somebody actually physically like harassing students. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And I know it takes a lot longer to like prove, you know, obviously touching like athletes versus posting pictures. But at the same time, you're going to pay someone who's accused of that. Yeah, that's pretty (laughs) that's pretty terrible. Yeah. (laughs) And then my God, well, Mm -hmm. whoever is in charge of firing people, I feel like maybe they're biased against women or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's what it seems like. But yeah, no, that that whole situation, it was really hard on me. It was like so unexpected, too. I just like all of a sudden got called in to my supervisor's office one day after one of my shifts in clinic. And they're like, yeah. We seem to complain about your social media. And I'm like, okay. And they wouldn't tell me anything else other than like, they asked me if I had social media. And I was like, yeah, I do modeling. And then four hours later, they're like, yep, we're terminating you for pictures found on several social media posts. Do you think it might have been like parents of one of the students or something? That's what I was wondering, because it sounds like the complaint came from the school district. So I worked through the hospital at the school district I was contracted. So I'm assuming that's what it was. But even then, they told me they didn't have a written complaint, per se. So it was all like word of mouth. Interesting. Well, honestly, I think that Like, I mean, I'm biased because I'm also a full time freelance model, but I think that might be like for now, probably a good thing because freelance modeling is fun and addicting. <laughs> yeah. And I felt like it was a sign from the universe to pursue this full time because, again, it's been a passion of mine. It's helped me mentally. It's helped me with my confidence, like all these things that I find so much joy in doing it. And looking back, like, yeah, I loved my job like working with these athletes but I think the only thing that was really holding me there was the athletes like everything else about that job 
was so stressful and I just didn't feel good about myself. And I've had so many comments about how how much happier I seem. And that's cool to hear, especially since I'm like doing stuff that I know I love and have such a passion for. And that's awesome. And, you know, it doesn't matter like whether or not like you can jump back into that in the future. I mean, I'm pretty sure that like if you wanted to get back into teaching down the road, things are like restrictions on that sort of craft is only going to get more and more lenient in the future. Like in my opinion, though, I mean, obviously take anything that I say with a grain of salt. But I think that as a society in America, we have gone pretty far in like what people are comfortable with as far as like women expressing themselves in that way and so i don't know what whatever what do you think about like like right now i know you're you're diving in you're getting ready to go traveling you're grabbing the full-time modeling by the horns but do you think that eventually you'll go back to working with athletes or something else i I don't know at this point. Like, I'm at this point in my life and like my career where I feel like I'm going to enjoy modeling and traveling as long as possible. And I would like to get back into sports and like working with athletes eventually. But to what extent, I don't know. And I don't know like where modeling will take me. I mean, there are so many opportunities that can come up throughout your career. Yeah, as a model, but I know I can always go back to working with athletes. It's not like I got fired. I'm never going to get hired again, you know, (laughs) but totally. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that end up starting their own businesses, doing other things they're passionate about, too. Like even if it's not modeling, it could be, you know, teaching a fitness class or there's a handful of people that I've interviewed who are also really involved in the dance community and they like you know teach dance instruction and stuff so oh yeah yeah, that's super cool heck yeah so where are you going to be traveling to in the near future so i'm starting out in portland next week which is close to seattle so not too far and then the week after like january 19th through the 22nd i'll be in chicago i originally was gonna go to nashville but with the tornado that hit recently there haven't been a lot of photographers with like the funds to like hire models and things like Uh, that i see yeah but i'd love to get there and then i'm trying to go to orlando but i know you mentioned florida's kind of yeah it can be it can be yeah, there's in my experience, and I have gone to Orlando, and th- it might have changed because the times that I have gone to Florida for bookings have been a long time ago, like you know, six or seven years ago or longer. But I mean, the reason I didn't keep going back is because like going rates in Florida seem to be a bit lower, and from what I've experienced, a lot of Florida has people that want to shoot fetish or adult stuff you know which is fine but like they don't generally want to offer like full rates but there are some people that hire in florida and there's lots of people that will ask you to go to florida but then when it comes to you actually booking with them it it is it's kind of a flaky region 
in my experience. But I I could be wrong right now. Like things might have changed. I know a lot of people have moved to Florida in the last few years. So I don't know. Things might have changed. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see like what what I book, if I book anything really. I've had a couple photographers express interest. And then after that, oh, I have so much trouble. <laughs> and then I'll be in Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta. And then where am I after that? I think then I'll be in Boston. Sweet. Atlanta should be good. I've never actually been to Boston, but I, I, I feel like there are a lot of photographers in that area. Yeah, I'm excited. I've never been to the East Coast. I mean, I've been to Florida, but I feel like Florida's thing down there. <laughs> but yeah, further up. So I'm really excited to experience that. Are you like going to Florida and then coming home and then going to Atlanta? Or are you going to make it like three cities in a row? Um, I was planning to do Orlando and Atlanta, like back to back. So I'll fly from Orlando to Atlanta, which isn't a very far flight. Yeah. And then I was planning, I think, to be home for a couple of days and then fly out again. Sweet. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm so excited. I love traveling and I'm so glad I get to do it while model. Those are two things I really, really enjoy. So you mentioned earlier that you had been modeling on the side before you went full time. Like what kind of shoots were you doing when you were modeling, like when you first started? Yeah, when I first started out here, which is like November 2022. I did. So I was doing like a couple like fashion and editorial shoots, but lingerie was really like my like niche that I like because I did that in the Midwest was lingerie photo shoots. And it's, it's just so empowering to do photo shoots and lingerie just because you can show off. I guess the body that you have, I just feel that's so empowering for women. But yeah, I did mainly the lingerie fashion and like editorial shoots. And then I eventually went into like more like nude photo shoots. And I even did like a catalog photo shoot this past year. So I kind of branched out into a bunch of different types of photo shoots. Was it what what was it like moving from lingerie and fashion into nude modeling? I feel it was very empowering because well, especially as a woman in our society, like the way that other people view how we like show up our bodies is always I shouldn't say always, most of the time is negative and people just assume like, oh, you're a whore if you show up, you know, some skin. And whatnot. And honestly, I just like took a leap of faith to like try nude modeling because I'm like, hey, whatever. And I like love it. It's and I'm like I I'm someone who's all about body positivity and so and pushing the boundaries. And so with nude modeling that really does that. And a lot of people are like, whoa. Like, how, how are you shooting nude downtown Seattle or nude whatever? And it just, I don't know. It's just, like, such a cool experience. Cool. Are there people in your life 
outside of modeling that like give you a hard time about your photos i obviously besides the job that fired you my i would say my family so i don't talk to them often just because they're very toxic they they have made comments about my photos they they don't outright like they that they're being judgmental about it but it's just like how they say things like my mom will be like did you mean to post like this picture on facebook because i'm like sharing like and obviously facebook i'm not gonna post like a nude picture because obviously like my family's on there but she's like did you mean to post that like i'm just making that's awkward (laughs) yeah and i'm just like i'm like i'm showing off my hard work and that just makes me feel like shitty that you know you're saying something like oh did you need to post that so it's hard it's hard because i wish my family was more like supportive in that sense but they yeah they they don't understand they don't understand my modeling and I honestly I honestly don't have them on my Instagrams like I blocked them because they were just like too judgmental about it that sucks yeah I I don't know I wish they would see how like happy it makes me and things like that and they don't even know I'm doing it full-time now they we just like don't really talk it sounds like you probably like already weren't on a super good basis of with them like before you started like modeling as frequently anyway is that right yeah yeah that is true and i i also like they never really asked me about it either which is kind of like i wish they would be like oh hey how's modeling going but they just don't But yeah, my family, they're very, well, being in the Midwest, I feel like they're a lot more conservative. So, and if you're like showing some skin, they're like, whoa, like that's too much. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, I've got a really conservative dad and I had to go through it with him and it was really, really challenging. But yeah, I feel like conservative parents that like see photos of their, their like, you know, children or whatever like that, or their, their offspring. Obviously, you're an adult child, <laughs> uh, but I feel like it makes them worried because maybe their mind goes to a place that is like the worst possible, like option. Like I feel like, like no, I don't feel like this actually happened. When I told my dad about my nude modeling, he he told me he joined a support group for parents of kids who were in sex trafficking. Oh my god! So so he freaked out and he thought that I was being like forced into like nude modeling or whatever. So oh wow! It, yeah, it took a lot of like patience on my behalf in like trying to provide information about like how the industry works and there's actually a lot of people doing this i mean when i say a lot i mean like probably hundreds maybe thousands that like hundreds maybe that do it full time so it's not like a good percentage of the population of the world but there's still like a network of us and we all help each other out so there's community in it but I guess it it is kind of a, a a very like uncommon path of career though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And 
I feel like modeling, when people think of modeling, they just think of like the generic like runway modeling and then like the certain, you know, like growing up models were always like super skinny and like size zero, all these things. And I think that's what a lot of people think of is that it's like this negative thing. Yeah. But I feel like it's so empowering, especially as a freelance. Yeah, totally. I would, I, at first, when I was first getting into modeling, I I thought I was supposed to like find an agency to represent me and like they were all scams and you know there's all these agencies in Seattle that want to sign you for like getting commercial work but like usually it's just a scam <laughs> yeah so, and I I was ending up finding photographers on like MySpace and stuff or Craigslist that wanted to just do creative stuff and in the end like I had thought that the people from Craigslist and MySpace were just stepping stones leading towards something else, like getting signed or getting a commercial, like, you know, gig. But I learned over many years of like just trying to, you know, make my modeling what I considered legit. I learned that the people that I was doing freelance shoots with, those those were the gigs. Like that 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 is it like these people are creative and if you're experienced they're willing to like pay for you to you know show up on time and do a good job posing and, and stuff and it just took me a while to like accept that so what what was it like for you like when you started modeling you were doing the lingerie and the fashion over in the midwest did you feel like you were chasing like like something that was supposed to be more mainstream or like what was your feelings about like your modeling in general when you got into it? I was the same way like thinking I had to sign with an agency and again the Midwest is such a small network like they barely have any agencies but when I moved out to Seattle I was like oh this network much bigger like I can try and get in with an agency and I I've tried to get into like multiple ones in the area and they all declined me because I think mainly because of how many tattoos I have, which is also nice as a freelance model. You can have tattoos. Yeah. Uh, But that was very discouraging for me because I was like, well, I can't get into these agencies. Like I'm not, not going to be a model. And that's not true. I mean, freelance modeling, you get a lot. I think a lot more gigs than you do agents. Definitely, especially because like you can book your own stuff. You don't have to wait for them to like finally contact you about something. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I have a bit on my podcast that I call the photo shoot fail of the week. And I would like to ask you if you could tell a story of a crazy photo shoot that you had could be crazy either because something happened during the shoot that was crazy or perhaps the photographer themselves was crazy. What's one of your good crazy stories? Yeah, so back in April, I had a traveling photographer in town that I was shooting with. And we were in downtown Seattle. I'm sure you've seen some of them, like the downtown exposed. Oh, yeah, the one. Yeah, the one where I'm in the white rail. So we were shooting in the light rail. I think it was Pioneer Square. And we had come out and we were going to shoot in like this alleyway. And I was covered up like with a trench coat because I was in 
my lingerie, obviously. And so I'd only like take it off for when I was shooting. And the photographer was getting ready to shoot. And like this male and female that we didn't know, like walking down around the corner. And the the guy pulls out his phone and he's like, I'm going to take a picture. And I was like, no, sir, like, sorry, I don't like I don't want pictures of me on your phone (laughs) like that's weird and he continues to try and take a photo of me and the photographer who I felt very safe with he's like an ex a retired navy seal and he he's like she said she didn't want her picture taken can you please leave and the guy just like continues escalating and gets like mad but he can't like take a picture of me and like the photographer told him like out of respect to the model like she doesn't want you taking a picture they eventually like the guy and the girl walked away but they were like walking away and the the lady like grazes my butt with her finger what (laughs) like what such a weird encounter and they like continue like walking down the alleyway and they just like stop midway down. So they're like in the background of the pictures. So the photographer is like, yeah, let's just go. Oh my God. What yeah. the fuck? And it was so weird. I was like, what is this? But I felt safe because, again, the photographer was a retired Navy SEAL. I'm like, okay, this guy can probably beat up both of these people. But like, what is going on with that in downtown Seattle? How are you? That's so weird. When you were telling the story, I was thinking that the the woman in the situation would have been upset that her husband or boyfriend or whoever was mm-hmm. being so inappropriate and like like aggressive about trying to get a photo of you. But then she was the one that touched your butt on the way out. Yeah, that's yeah, that's weird. I was like, what? That's really weird. Yeah, it was a weird encounter. I was like, that has not happened before. Usually, people just leave me alone like in public places yeah i I have had people get like overly excited that they see that there's a photo shoot going on and like try to get involved but i haven't had exactly that situation though not (laughs) the the woman in your butt that made that makes it extra weird yeah (laughs) yeah that was like a light graze it wasn't like she just like full and grabbed my butt she just like the light graze the finger Across my butt cheek. Weird. This is in downtown Seattle, you said? Yeah, by Pioneer Square light rail. Yeah. Yeah. This little spot. <laughs> I got uh, I got kicked out by the cops doing a shoot down there once. Really? Yeah. Because, I mean, technically you're allowed to be nude in public in Seattle, but if the photographer, or sorry, if the police officer thinks that it might be a commercial shoot for some reason. They can ask if you have a permit for oh. photos and then boot you. So so that's what happened. It's basically more just like move along now. Like we didn't get a ticket or anything like that. Interesting. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. And actually that's happened to me more than once. One time it was nude and the other time I was like in a latex outfit and because the photographer had a tripod, it looked like a more like professional shoot because the tripod is so much more professional than not having a tripod or whatever, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, shooting in public. I think that a lot of my crazy photo shoot stories that I've asked people have been shoots in public, and oftentimes 
just the people in the public are the ones making it weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because if everyone just leaves everyone alone, it's fine. But yeah. even even if they're just like not being aggressive or annoying, like, I don't mind if somebody watches as, as long as they're not making a disturbance or like affecting the shoot or like, you know, jacking off or something. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's weird. But like overall, like, would you say that you have mostly positive experiences at shoots? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have, like, overwhelming positive experiences. Because I know I've heard lots of horror stories from other models, photographers. But I, I've always had a pretty positive experience. Cool. So this is the first year that you've been full-time, that you started modeling full-time with within the last year. That's exciting. Yes, I'm very excited. I'm excited to become a full-time model though it's weird to transition from like a full-time I mean I wasn't a day job it was like evening hours because it was during like sports games time yeah but now with modeling it's a lot different because there's a lot of different things you have to balance with booking shoots and flights where you're gonna stay and what themes you're doing for these photo shoots and know what you have to pack so just like a lot of that and then also managing like social media accounts instagram facebook only fans reddit like all these different things so i'm still getting into the groove of things and like managing myself i guess because i've always worked for companies and like under people that would manage me yeah so now it's just like figuring out how to manage myself. Yeah. And that's definitely, it's like, I think I've said this on the podcast like a bunch of times, but I'll say it again. It's kind of like a, a thousand hours worked for yourself is better than one hour worked for somebody else. <laughs> just because yeah, for sure. you can do what you want when you want it and you can make your own schedule. And like, if you need to amend your schedule, you always can. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's so nice about not working for a company anymore. And one of the blessings that I found, I'm not under a company that's controlling me and what I do in my personal life. I mean, I was basically fired for doing modeling in my personal life. And now I can take vacations when I want and not have to worry if it's going to get approved and you know, I'm not going to be worried about what I post on my social media really now because, I mean, I'm not like, I don't have anyone there that's going to fire me. Yeah, because you're free now. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. I don't know if I told you this, but I was also fired from my last job when I became a full-time traveling model. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it was a restaurant job, so it wasn't like, you know, something that I was going to plan on doing, you know, forever or whatever, like as a full-time career. But but it was the catalyst that made me get into full-time freelance modeling because just like you, I was doing it on the side for fun because I liked expressing myself and being creative. And then after I got fired, like, I just realized actually one of my roommates mentioned instead of getting a job you should just book more photo shoots 
And I was like, well, I could figure out how to do that. And I did. And yeah, it was a, it was a struggle because there wasn't a very strong community of freelance models that talked to each other back then. And like I've mentioned this a handful of times on this podcast also, I'm so happy that it's like finally cool for us to like give each other contacts and help each other out and stuff. Yeah. But but before, I, th- I think that there's there's been an evolution because of social media. And now it's cool to help each other out. And like the, the more you find out about like bad shit that's happened to other models, the more you're like, we should be protecting each other. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know that's like the scariest part, I think, of modeling is, I mean, for one, you're vulnerable as a model going in to photo shoots, especially if you're doing like nude or like lingerie type. So like checking your references and making sure that you are safe in those instances, just because there are a lot of scary people out there. Yeah, and I feel like I've even had weird experiences after checking references and like, I think that some photographers, like they're just maybe on one that day and like you're their type or something like that. And maybe they've never like crossed the line with previous models, but today is the day that they're going to cross the line. And, And that's always what I'm kind of more wary of because it like I have had shoots with photographers that you know, had great reviews from lots of other models and then they got really weird with me. And so I'm always like, you know, kind of on guard when I'm communicating in advance. And I think that sometimes now, just because I've had so many experiences like that, I might come off as standoffish when I'm like first communicating with somebody that I've never worked with before because I want to make sure they're not going to be one of those, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that being said, you know, most of my experiences have been good. I, th- I think it's just after so many years and so many different experiences, a- at least a good handful of them are they're not always 100% good. So yeah. it is just the statistics. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So besides traveling to Europe, what are some other goals that you have in your modeling? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, Europe's a big one. The UK, I would love to travel to. I think becoming more consistent with my content across all my social media. I've been trying a lot to filter followers and things like that from other social media sites, mainly into my Instagram. So I continue building that as I go throughout my modeling career another thing i'd love to sh- like shoot more music videos i've done a couple with like small like artists the past year and i think it'd be so cool to like continue booking more like music videos especially for like more well-known artists i think that'd be really cool And then I think overall continuing improving my self-confidence with modeling because modeling has really helped me with that and being like, like, you are pretty, you are this, you are that. Like, I think it's cool to see myself grow as a person, especially like coming from a childhood where I was told I wasn't like any of these things. 
And now I'm like seeing I am these things, like I'm pretty and smart and like whatever. So I think it's cool that I can also grow as a person with my modeling. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, cool. And sometimes when people ask me like what my goals or accomplishments are in modeling, honestly, like I've thought about this quite a bit too. And I think that just making the leap from having a W-2 job to being freelance was the coolest goal that I ever accomplished. So like just having done that for yourself, I think is like a massive achievement. I feel like anything else that you get to do with modeling beyond that, it's just like bonus, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's cool. That's awesome. Do you find yourself wanting to continue living in Seattle or do you think that you'll move? I love Seattle and I don't think, I don't see myself moving, honestly. I've spent way too many years in the West. I hated the snow. I hated how cold it was. I hated the humidity in the summer and out here in the Pacific Northwest, the weather's so perfect, especially in the summer. I know it rains a lot in the winter, yeah, but... This winter has been a lot better and it hasn't snowed yet. So I know. Nice. But honestly, I don't. I love it here and I love how open people are and like progressive because the Midwest is very like closed off, very closed minded people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I can really be myself out here. Yeah, totally. But also, ironically, there seems to be a lot of photographers that hire traveling nude models in the nude in the Midwest, too. Interesting, you know, because I'm planning to travel back to Minnesota in the summer. So I'll see. Yeah, I guess you are going to Chicago. So, yeah, cool. That's cool. I want to take a short little break to tell you about Model Society. ModelSociety.com is a website dedicated to featuring figurative fine art photography for models and photographers. What makes them different than other portfolio hosting websites is that some of those other websites will still host kind of tacky photography or exploitative photos. Model Society screens all of their contributors for quality and authenticity. So you only get the best of the best on there. If you're not a photographer or model, you can still enjoy and appreciate Model Society because they also have newsletters and magazines featuring their best work and new articles each week. Check it out, modelsociety.com. I will also include a link to Model Society in the show notes. All right, now back to our show. So I have another question that I ask everybody on the show, and I do feel like we addressed this topic like throughout the whole episode, and, and sometimes that does happen, but but I'll ask you anyway. I call it the rising phoenix moment in your life, and it's where I ask, it, what challenge have you had to overcome in your life? And it could be related to your modeling or not. Yes. The biggest one is my mental health. Right. Yeah, I've just had a long journey and I talk about it a lot on my like personal Instagram or like my backup. But it's just been it's been a long journey and I'm still like overcoming a lot of challenges that I've had with that. I started well, when I first really had like mental health challenges going on was when I was thirteen, though I did not recognize it at the time just because my parents didn't know they grew up in a 
world where mental health conditions weren't really a thing. They weren't really talked about, researched, all of that. Um, and it wasn't until December 2020 when I really started my mental health journey. I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression initially. And then I wasn't getting better on meds and therapy for like two years. And so then they had like switched my med, my antidepressant. It still wasn't working. And, and then within there, I found out I had an eating disorder related to my anxiety. And then actually this year in April, still wasn't feeling better. And I got reevaluated and was diagnosed with bipolar 2. Wow. Yeah, it took a long time to figure out what was really going on. And it actually takes, I think it's on average, like seven different providers for people to go through to get correctly diagnosed with life. Oh yeah. So I'm just like, oh. but yeah, it, that's been my biggest challenge. And a lot of that uh, that's why modeling I've been so grateful for. It's helped my self-confidence. It's helped my mental health, like having a creative outlet. And it really wasn't until like September 2023 that I really, really started to feel better. I didn't want to kill myself every day. And I didn't want to, you know, like, I feel like I want to live now <laughs> that I'm wow. a mood stabilizer because I'm like, I don't want to die every day. But then I went through that really hard time with getting fired from my job and just like the inconsistency with my schedule and figuring out what I was going to do with my career, that things were still kind of all over the place. But I'm on the upward trend. I have my mood stabilized and I, the last thing I have to do is figure out my ADHD. And I think hopefully that'll be the final puzzle piece of my mental Wow. Yeah, you have gone through a journey on on the mental health spectrum. That that does sound like a lot of work. Seven different providers. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane. And it's crazy to look back and just be like, well, that's why I felt that way or that's why I acted this way or whatever it was. And it all just like makes sense now as hard as the journey has been. It just it just makes sense and I'm so so grateful that I can go to therapy weekly and that I'm on medication that is working for me. And though I still have to figure out some parts of it, I know I'll get there eventually. <laughs> but yeah, it's just interesting to look back on. Yeah, it is. Like, I wish I could say I know how you feel, but I think it would be wrong for me to say that because I have not like suffered like that amount of mental health challenges as you have listed with the this sounds like pretty severe depression and and the bipolar and everything. That's definitely like I don't know exactly what that's like, but I applaud you for like making that battle and like working towards getting through it. Yes, thank you. And I appreciate you understanding that you may not understand how it feels supporting me in that way. Because I feel like so many people are so quick to be like, well, why are you depressed? Why are you this? Why, why do you feel that way? And you shouldn't feel that way. 
it's like that's how that's how certain people's brains are wired it's not like i have control necessarily and so it's cool to like hear people acknowledge that like maybe i don't understand this but i like support you yeah i can say that there was one day that i had some kind of an episode where i lost all of my will to do anything and i just did not want to like be in the moment at all and i must have had it it was during the i used to drink a lot so it might have been a chemical imbalance in my brain but it was my my mood was very much different than it had ever been in my life and i i think that it might have been something similar to what people who have depression or possibly have mood conditions have to do with every day but for me it it just was an episode that only lasted about 24 hours i never ended up like pursuing going to the doctor over it because it just seemed to disappear and i was like what was that all about and so because i had that weird like taste of what it is to feel completely like you're just dreading existing for no apparent reason i i feel like i can almost relate to people who have like mood disorders but i i know that the vast majority of people that haven't actually like suffered from from that sort of a thing that you can't fathom it until you felt it i suppose yeah yeah and that's really interesting that you experience that and i know with drinking obviously like alcohol is a depressant and i had a lot of issues with like substance abuse too that was also mixed into everything going on <laughs> yeah but yeah people are always like they're so quick to judge you like why why do you feel this way like you're successful and you're this and you're that and i'm sure like with the episode you had you can kind of like see how like I guess the brain kind of takes over and mm-hmm. yeah, or it's necessarily controlling. Yeah, it was very weird. It was very confusing to be feeling like that, but I just wanted it to be over. Like I was like, "What the fuck?" and and I had to work that day too, and oh, wow. I was treating my customers like shit. And people, <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't fire that day. Honestly, it was <laughs> slow or something like that. So my manager like didn't notice, or nobody actually complained about me. They, they just it was just weird. Mm-hmm. It was bad. It was bad, weird, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, so so yeah, that sounds like it can be very tough, especially if it's something that like is perpetual that you have to manage. Like, I mean, you have to take medication for it. You have to manage it constantly. Like, it, it you have to keep that in check. It doesn't just go away. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was one of the hardest things that I had to come to terms with, especially when I first got like diagnosed with anxiety and depression, was that I probably was going to be on medication for the rest of my life. Granted, like anxiety and depression, you can usually get to a point where like therapy and meds like stabilize you and you're stable for a year and you can slowly like get off medication. But since I wasn't like getting any better and they found out I had bipolar, now I really have to get medication of my life. But coming to terms with that and accepting that some people's brains just need the extra help has been the biggest thing for me because I know I cried when they told me I had to go on medication. So yeah, I think just managing managing that for the rest of my life is 
seems like a lot but and yeah i'm on i'm on lithium so i have to get like my blood drawn every three months or whatever it is to make sure i'm not at like a toxic level so that's like another thing you know taking the medication oh wow and you said that during your upbringing your your parents weren't like aware or like understanding of like mental health disorders so was it when you moved to seattle that you were able to start getting to the bottom of that yeah it was so it was right before i left north dakota so i was in north dakota for my college years and it was december 2020 i remember i well and this was the middle of covid too i didn't want to get up like off the couch i didn't want to go to school like i loved learning and we were doing virtual well by that point i think we're kind of in person kind of not and i just like wasn't myself and so i'd went in to they have like mental health services like included in your tuition so i went at the college and got evaluated and that's when i like initially was evaluated and was diagnosed with anxiety and depression but then like shortly after that I moved to Seattle it was February 2021 so then and I also noticed Seattle has a lot more resources again it's like a bigger area than the Midwest Mm -hmm. and people are more open about it here too yeah it seems so so but yeah Seattle's really where I got a lot of my help i mean i didn't have a therapist back in the midwest like i have a therapist here that i've been seeing weekly for like almost three years now i've had multiple psychiatric nurses i've had a dietitian i don't think what else i feel like i've had the resources that i needed to really get the help that is needed for my mental wow that's amazing. And I can't believe that for so long, like where you were coming from, like, you didn't have any of that when you're struggling. Dang, it must be hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I was interesting. Like even now, my parents still don't believe I have bipolar and ADHD. They, they kind of just like brush it off. What? Like, yeah. My dad, my dad told me when I told them that I was diagnosed with bipolar 2 and ADHD. He told me that it was frustrating that my therapist would max me out on a medication and then blame it on something else. What? Yeah. And I'm like, obviously, you don't know how mental health works. No one, like, we can't scan our brains, at least in this lifetime. Right. Tell us, like, oh, you have bipolar, you have this. They have to do, like, basically trial and error. Like, they try something and then it doesn't work, then they try another thing. Like, obviously figuring out. Because a lot of these symptoms do overlap with, like, bipolar 2, a lot of, like, the depression, because it's mainly, like, the depression part of it, overlaps with depression and anxiety. I mean, you could find that in any mental health condition. So it's just interesting that that was his view on it. And then... He went on to like blame it on the weather in Seattle. What? <laughs> that that I should move back home to have more family support. Because like, he denies I'm that you to you when you're yeah. there. 
Yeah, exactly. I was like, I was way more unhappy in the Midwest than I am here. So yeah, wow. I mean, I ha- I do know that people in the Pacific Northwest do get seasonal oppre- seasonal affective disorder, but I think that you know seasonal affective disorder and depression are two completely different things from what I from what I think. Yeah. Yeah, so the one is like specifically related to the weather or the lack of, you know, like vitamin D versus like depression is more of chemical imbalance. Yeah. But yeah, even well, the weather in the Midwest, I think is way worse than the rain is here. Like I can get outside in the winter here in Seattle versus like Minnesota when there's three feet of snow and it's negative 20 out yes like i'm not going outside (laughs) right you're trapped yeah i hope you have enough food in your fridge wow that's crazy well i'm i'm happy that that you found the the therapy and the proper medications and that and that you're doing better now and that and that modeling has helped in that in some way as well that's good yeah i will say that I also felt like before I started modeling, I had less self-confidence in, I think a lot of it was whether or not I was like socially acceptable, but also whether or not like I was like attractive compared to other people. Not that I'm always comparing myself to other people, but I didn't really see myself as attractive, you know, I mean, I saw myself as attractive, but I I didn't find I couldn't find a way to express it properly until modeling because I was not into going to the club and dressing up. You know I, that just wasn't part of my personality. Like I didn't just want to dress up to go out into public, but doing photo shoots was a good way for me to express that part of myself. So so in that way, modeling also helped my. Um, self-confidence and I feel like if I don't do a shoot for a while then my self-confidence starts to waver a little bit again yeah yeah I feel the same way I'm like I haven't done a photo shoot in a while and then I like notice like my mood has been down and I'm like maybe that's why yeah it is it is cool to go to a space where you're like intending on making a certain type of photos and then like Usually the people that you're working with are like, they want you to have a good time because if you're having a good time, then the pictures are going to be good, right? So it's usually just like a good, positive, energetic experience. And like, it's addicting. Like, how what how other jobs do you go to where like the person that you're working with is like intentionally hyping you up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so cool. And it makes you feel so good about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Also, I find that working one-on-one with people, like at least for me, is more like positively energetic than being in like a social setting of like 10 people that are working together because, I don't know, there might be cliques or you might feel like you're at the bottom of the totem pole and it's the whole social weird thing again, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like I was always kind of that person like on the outside so I think that maybe why I really like modeling like makes me feel good and all the jobs I've had in the past besides modeling have been like social social related like I was a cashier I worked 
and retail, like even with working with athletes, I mean, you're, you're examining and diagnosing and treating injuries. So that in itself, and you have like a million athletes you have to get through. And by the end of your shift, you're just exhausted. Wow. Yeah. So like modeling, I, I always feel like energized after I'm like, oh, that was a good shoot. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. I love to hear that. Well, it's been about an hour and it's usually about the time that I do these episodes for. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about before we we go? I don't think so. I think we covered a lot. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Taylor, for opening up and talking about your mental health and like all of the challenges that you faced with your family and with your career that have you know you've overcome and like dealt with and like you know grabbed modeling by the horns by and I think that it's so awesome and like when I heard that you decided or not that you decided I'm not going to say that I was happy that I heard that you got fired but when I heard that you decided that you wanted to go full-time I was like yeah that's so cool and it makes me happy like when I I see other people that had a job that was holding them back from full-time traveling modeling and then now they're they're finally able to do it it makes me excited because I do it also (laughs) yeah yeah I'm so excited to be able to do it heck yeah that's awesome that the world is your oyster and who cares what your parents think you know (laughs) yeah yeah seriously (laughs) sweet all right, cool. Well, it's been great chatting with you and I'll I'll catch you on the other side. I'll chat with you on Instagram after this. Perfect. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're, you're welcome. Bye. Bye.